As we celebrate 100 years of women's suffrage, we reflect upon a time when we could not register to vote nor hold public office. But now, we have the privilege of representing the people of Alabama in the state legislature. We must continue to educate and empower women because together we can continue to shatter records and overcome barriers. Register to vote and obtain your photo ID so you too can exercise your right to vote on November 3rd. Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, the coast is hit hard. Also, the V-Team takes a look at faith and labor in partnership. And the legislature will rewrite the ethics laws. And it doesn't look good to me. It looks good to me. <laughs> With advice from Bangkok brothel owners. All this and much, much more Coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR, and Susan Britt, my constant companion and research guru extraordinary. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. guys. How's it going? Going well outside of beautiful downtown Atala. Yeah. Uh, some of our, our folks in the state did not fare well over this last week as Hurricane Sally made uh, landfall at Gulf Shores and did tremendous damage, Susan. It was, uh, I don't know how many people have seen the pictures of what's going on down there, but there are pieces of bridges missing. Hmm. The devastation is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, it's, Josh, uh, it turned that, uh, that bridge into the 2.99 mile bridge over there. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, well, it's, um, it, and that's a big bridge. I'm a big beach guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and so I, I spent a fair amount of time down there. And it's, it's you know, I, I'll tell you this. It could, it could have been a lot worse, um, you know. And, and so I think some people are... You know, there are a lot of people that suffered out of it, but I think there are a lot more people that were really, really worried about it that, that escaped relatively, relatively yes. cleanly out of this. And so, well, uh, our, our thoughts, our heart and our thoughts go out to those folks that have lost property and, and we have had some loss of life, right. uh, at least one confirmed, one missing at this point. Uh, a lot of people were without power still are getting the lights back mm -hmm. on, but uh, Alabama Power is hard at work. Always on, as they say. Uh, one of the things that we have broached here before, and we will again as it goes on, what happened as a result of Mike Hubbard going to jail uh, is now the legislature is free to try to rewrite the Ethics Act. I was told by lawmakers over the last four years that they they did not want to try to rewrite the Ethics Act until Hubbard was in jail. He is in jail. The, the sad thing is the Supreme Court, and to a lesser degree, the Court of Criminal Appeals, has set it up so they have to rewrite it. I mean, there's just basically no way around it. Josh, 
Uh, on the day that I wrote that they could rewrite a fair ethics bill, you wrote a column that said, nah, it never happened. So I'm afraid you're probably more right than I, I, I agree am. with Josh. <laughs> I remember the last time they tried to rewrite I was being them. aspirational, you know? <laughs> yeah, listen, hey, it's it's good to dream. It is. It's, it's good to yes. dream. Uh, but, you know, and uh, the reality is I know where we live and I know what's gone on the last, you know, four years here. And yeah. and they've tried every tactic that they can to undermine this thing. And, and you know, it, it, as I said before, it should – Mike Hubbard going to jail should send chills down the spine of a lot of lawmakers there and, and, and force people to straighten up. But, uh, you know, in talking to somebody who worked on that case uh, and, and was involved in it, they said, you know – it's not going to make any difference. And I said, well, why, why do you feel that way? And he said, well, because it, it would, it would matter to them if there was somebody there guarding the door still, right. but there's not, there's nobody guarding the door. You got Steve Marshall and he's not going to prosecute anybody. And, and without right. that, you left it all up to the feds. And so, and they're not coming in for every little small no. case. No, the feds wouldn't even come in for the Mike Hubbard case. Cause no. uh, they, they just thought, well, that's just Alabama for you. Yeah. But, I mean, which is know, true. And, and, that's what I'm saying. It's just not, you don't have anybody there to prosecute it. Um, you know, so you're, you're just not going to have those sorts of cases anymore unless you, unless the voters get serious about holding people accountable, which again requires you to vote for more than the letter beside their name. Uh, and you know, that's until we do that, it's, it's not going to make any difference and you're never going to have any more of these cases and people are just going to rob us blind. Well, one of the things I brought up, Susan, you've looked at it as well in 2017, uh, when Luther Strange was the Attorney General, he uh, tasked Matt Hart, who was the lead prosecutor in the Hubbard case, and Mike Duffy, one of the smartest lawyers the state's ever had, to rewriting the ethics code to make it stronger and to clarify the points like principles, uh, to get, get rid of where people like teachers and police officers had to fill out these stupid long forms and stuff to simplify it, but also strengthen it. <clears throat> that bill was agreed upon by uh, uh, Senator Marsh, the President Pro Tem, and by Mac McCutcheon and other stakeholders, but they could start with that bill, Susan. They, they could, could start, start right there, but they won't. They could. I'm just saying they could. They could. They won't. They tried it once before, and it fell flat because it wasn't loose enough Right. Even though, I mean, they, the lobbyists had agreed to it, the principals, I mean, they, they went to all the, <coughs> the major uh, corporations around and to the charities and all of this and made sure that right. everybody agreed, but it still fell flat. They can start with that, but by the time, I'm with Josh, by the time they get rid, through with it, you might as well throw it out the door. Well, and that means we have to be much more mindful of watching them, which is a hard job in itself, right, Josh? Oh, yeah, it's, I mean... It, Listen, and I understand it because for a lot of this stuff, it is, you know, it kind of inside baseball uh, here for, for just your average voter. I mean, you know, people go out getting up every morning and get the kids to school and getting to work and working a full day. They don't have time to mess around with this sort of stuff. And so you leave it up to the people uh, that you've elected and the people that are appointed into positions, uh, you know, that that can that can uphold these laws and, and hold people accountable. And, you know, we're not doing a very good job of that. And so I, I think just on the back side of it, we're, we're going to have to figure out a way uh, for, for voters to become more engaged in, in particularly the process of putting people in place there that will uphold ethics laws and make sure that everything is, is a level playing field for most everybody. 
Well, when, when the Supreme Court did its tortured ruling and, and threw out the charges about who's the principal, mm -hmm. uh, Mac McCutcheon came out and said, needs to be rewritten, but we want to strengthen it and clarify it. Governor Ivey said she didn't want to see it weakened at all. And Steve Marshall took exception with the court's ruling and said that we, that they shouldn't have ruled that way, but that we should write it, but keep it strong. Now, at least one of those, I think I would believe, and maybe two of them, but I'm just not sure that there's the leadership in the House and the Senate that would hold their feet to the fire, Josh, to actually get this done. No, I mean, if, if there was anybody there to hold them, to hold feet to the fire, then we wouldn't have had all the attacks on the on the ethics laws that we've had over the last four years, yeah, and uh, you know, and we wouldn't have a rewritten law that allow that identifies basically you and me as economic developers uh, there yeah. with a with a loophole into this thing. And you know, listen, it's just that's what I'm saying is until people get serious about it. I mean, I'm talking, and when I'm saying people, I mean actual real people get serious about this. It, these folks over here, they're going to do what they've always done. They're a bunch of crooks. You know they're a bunch of crooks, and they're going to remain <laughs> a bunch of crooks until you force them not to be crooks. All right, we're going to have to leave it on that note, a bunch of crooks. A bunch of crooks. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinions. If you've been working... You've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. The United States was built on the foundations of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Millions of people have defended these pillars of our democracy. Please remember the sacrifice made by these Americans and make time to register to vote and obtain a government photo ID so you too can vote on November 3rd. Voting is a sacred right. Sacrifices made by those who so bravely serve our country should never be forgotten. Man, what are you doing today? Um, play the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm John Merrill. As your Secretary of State, I will ensure that all Alabamians have the opportunity to participate in safe, secure, and fair elections. Due to the ongoing pandemic, anyone that wants to be an absentee voter should select the box on the application which reads, I have a physical illness or infirmity which prevents my attendance at the polls. After enclosing a copy of your valid photo ID and following the directions completely, your voice will be heard and your vote will be counted. Through absentee, we'll see you at the polls. Okay, welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, they have decided that they want to pass an amendment, Amendment 4, which will be on the ballot on November 3rd, to clean up the Constitution 
to rid it of its racist language mm -hmm. and its redundancy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people like, you know, a former political scientist professor at Auburn, Gerald Johnson, and some other folks, John uh, Cochran, uh, a great guy, they, they are behind this bill. And I respect those men, but I don't, do not respect that the Legislative Services Office, the services, will actually write something that's not somewhat sneaky. Uh, memory, there's a memory block there. You remember the last time they tried to do that? Yes. And I where they took out a child's right to a public education? Well, what they said was they wanted to remove the racist language <laughs> in a portion of the Alabama Constitution. So they had an amendment, and what the amendment did was it took out racist language, but it also took out the, the, the right for a child to have a public education supplied by the state, Josh. So this is what happened the last time we tried to Can't do it. Can't imagine what they'll do with it this time. <laughs> well, you know, the problem that they're gonna run into is that once you start trying to remove all the racist language from Alabama's constitution, uh, you're gonna end up removing the entire constitution. Uh, and that's, you know, that really, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, you know, no. you look back no. at it, it's it's realistic. This is what, I mean, you look at the, the economic setup, the taxation setup that, that's there, uh, you know, I, you're not going to remove all that. And so, you know, once you start, where, where are you going to stop? And Listen, I'm all for them cleaning things up and removing oh, gosh, uh, yeah. ridiculous amendments and things like that. But at the end of the day, is what does it matter? Is anybody actually sitting down and reading through Alabama's Constitution every day? What is it, like 70,000 pages long? Well, there's, it's been amended 950-some-odd times, which makes it the longest constitution in the world. world. The, the second one is the India's India. constitution. But when they passed the 1901 constitution, they had an advertisement for it. And the advertisement uh, was referred to in Alabama History of the Deep South State, Bicentennial Edition, and it said the commercial, or the, the written, uh, advertisement said white supremacy exclamation point honest elections exclamation point and the new constitution exclamation point one and inseparable exclamation point is that our so, constitution or the Trump campaign today oh hey bitter bitter party of one <laughs> you're awful Josh uh, but you know that is what we face here is that we can't trust anybody to rewrite the Constitution. Uh, and and I, like I said, I expect, respect Professor Johnson uh, a lot. I, he has a lot more faith in this legislature than I do. Absolutely, and, and I respect him, and I'm sure he will do an honest job in trying to get it out, but the, by the time the legislature gets through with it, yeah. you well, will have no idea what kind of yeah. devastating yeah. things they're gonna try to do. Well, they, they, they wanna rewrite, and then they want, maybe they'll, write the ethics law. Same guys will write the ethics yeah, law. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> that's, that's how, but anyway. I tell you, that's a lot of reading for our guys. I don't know if we're up no. to They don't read the bills they've got, no, much less the Constitution. I tell you an interesting thing, though, is, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, you're just not going to be able to do it because we just don't, we have some really honest lawmakers down there, but they don't stand up 
to the dishonest ones lots of times. Well, it's, it's just, just like easier. the redistricting uh, sort of thing. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know your your map is is biased against this guy's other, this guy's map, and his map's going to be yeah. biased against you. And, uh, you yeah. know, and everybody sees bias in everything, and there is a fair way to do all of that. You just got everybody has to agree. Okay, we're going to take the hits that we're going to get out of this because there's going to be hits yeah. to somebody, uh, and probably hits to people on both sides. Uh, but we're going to do it fairly for the future. Well, one day, you know, and this probably no, never happened, is that people in public office must begin to see it again as public service. <laughs> Oops, that came out, didn't it? Okay, well, moving on here, as they say. Uh, Auburn University this past week uh, renamed uh, its student center for the first Auburn Student Government Association mm -hmm. President of Color. Uh, uh, Harold Melton was elected uh, SGA president at Auburn in 1987, and not everybody was happy about that at the time, were they, Josh? <laughs> at the time, they wouldn't be happy about it now. And so, I, you know, it's uh, it, it listen, that's a great move by Auburn. Uh, you know, yes, it, it is. Uh, it, it is, and 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 at the end of the day, I think that's what people should look for. Uh, you know, in in these buildings uh, situations that you're looking at, you know, you should look back. At, at people who ha who had a positive impact, uh, whether it be people of color or, or you know whatever you have there, you know uh, they were talking about naming a, a building for Harper Lee at Alabama. Uh, you know that that's a that's a good thing. It's a good thing that people can take pride in uh, instead of some of the buildings that you have that we you look at the name on it and you think back to what happened and it's just you know it's it's just kind of atrocious behavior now and in, into especially in today's life. Uh, it's well you know, we got yeah, it is. more of what they've done. And, and you know they've done a great. They're, they're beginning to do a great job over there. Uh, Judge uh, Justice Melton is uh, the Georgia Supreme Court justice uh, and has had a stellar career. Great move. You know Alabama has uh, taken the name off two of their buildings. Uh, both of them were uh, Confederate uh, types. Uh, they've taken the names off those buildings. Uh, just at the Morgan, uh, the Morgan Building was just, they took his name off. Morgan was one of these guys that thought that it was Christian philanthropy to actually uh, bring Africans to America to make them Christian slaves. He, 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 he didn't mind the slave, slave part at all. He just wanted to be Christians. I mean, if you can imagine that, Susan. That's true. Well, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. As we celebrate 100 years of women's suffrage, we reflect upon a time when we could not register to vote nor hold public office. But now, we have the privilege of representing the people of Alabama in the state legislature. We must continue to educate and empower women because together we can continue to shatter records and overcome barriers. Register to vote and obtain your photo ID so you too can exercise your right to vote on November 3rd. Complete your 2020 census today. We only have until September 30th. Without you, Alabama stands to lose billions in funding, a seat in Congress, and economic development opportunities. It only takes minutes to complete. Go to my2020census.gov or participate by phone or mail. Be counted. 
if not for you, for those in Alabama who depend on you for a brighter tomorrow. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm John Merrill. As we prepare for the general election during the pandemic, it is important for Alabamians to step up and become poll workers. Poll workers are paid officials who protect the rights of registered voters at the polls. Contact your probate judge to learn more or apply online at alabamavotes.gov. If you're 16 or older and enrolled in high school or college, you can apply to become a student poll worker by contacting your probate judge or our office. We'll see you at the polls. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Uh, Susan, something that happened recently on the anniversary of the bombing at the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, a group came together uh, to uh, build a coalition between faith-based organizations and labor. Mm -hmm. And it was led by uh, Reverend William Barber, who's the head of the nonprofit uh, Repairers of the Breach and the Poor People's Campaign. He was joined by Richard Trumpka, who's the president of the largest labor union in the United States. The idea is to build uh, social justice, racial equality, and really to to look at the financial situation so that there's economic equality as well. I mean, unions uh, were the backbone of, of uh, the growth of the middle class for years and years and years. And and what they're trying to do is is not let's not look at the civil rights movement through the lens of of black Americans, but look at it through the lens of all Americans who have been disenfranchised or economically disadvantaged. Yeah, I mean, my dad was a union member. He was a member of the Carpenters Union in Decatur, and that was a very strong alliance during that time. It, it was really people, you know, trying to move up, and I think a lot of the union leaders at the time uh, decided that they needed to get their, also the black members involved, because it was during the time of the Civil Rights Movement, uh, and, and, and once the unions and the civil rights movement kind of came together, it started to pull everybody up. That, that, that's very true, Josh. You know, there were at that time certainly racist uh, union members, but the leadership saw an advantage that if you bring everybody together, it's one of those uh, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, and you know, and this is, I think it's a, a very important point for my Reverend Barber and, and the Poor People's Campaign. It's something he's, he's preached on a lot, and it's something that people forget that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was was pushing for uh, towards the end of his life, uh, you know, what was a movement for for all Americans, uh, yeah, especially the disenfranchised people. And look, if you look back at it and you chart the decline of unions, it goes, I mean, the, the lines for the decline of unions and the percentage of workers' wages dropping 
uh, as compared to CEO wages. They're just side by side. They run, run right down the line. Uh, and because, you know, look, the unions built this country's economy after World War II. And, and, and right. what they accomplished there in holding people, uh, you know, a- accountable for their employees and, and putting implementing uh, safety measures. And uh, it, it, there's so many things uh, that unions did. There were problems. And it's okay to say no, that. No, there were definitely problems. problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but. At the same time, unions made sure that workers that, that were there on the ground got a higher percentage of the profits of a company than what we're seeing yeah. right now that are now going into the into the CEO pays and golden parachutes. Right. Well, one of the things that is a, is a problem historically, we know this is true because history teaches this lesson, when there is great disparity, disparity between the wealth of one group of people and the wealth of another group of people, or you know, one, per, one group doesn't have any money, uh, another group has all the money. That's a setup for disunion, violence. Uh, it is a setup to, to really tear a nation apart. I, I know that there was a time in the 50s and 60s and some into the 70s where uh, a working family in, in America could live off mm-hmm. the dad's union salary. I mean, that was a real deal. Right. Uh, My family was one of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you cannot hardly find a working class job that will feed a family of four. Uh, Everybody's got to work two jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, as conservatives, we we often say that it's the the, the falling apart of the family unit that has caused a lot of problems. Well, when mom and dad are both struggling to make a living, it hurts the family unit. Yeah, Yeah, when everybody's working two jobs. yeah, there's nothing that hurts a family unit worse than economic insecurity. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's what we have for a majority of Americans today is economic insecurity to the point where uh, you have a little pandemic uh, or a big pandemic come across, come along, and it wipes out savings in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people that have good good jobs that are keep continuing, and uh, they're doing well. Because they're not spending the kind of money they've been spending, they're they're putting it in savings. There's there's a lot of there's studies on this. The other side of it is people that are unemployed or minimum wage jobs, they're falling desperately behind. I mean, even the new supplemental uh, three hundred dollars a week that you were getting to your Alabama unemployment is gone now. It ended the twelfth. So they're at max they can get around two hundred and fifty dollars a week. And unemployment, and, and that's and, not enough and, to pay the power bill. And while our unemployment is down to you know almost right, a little lower than six percent, that's still a bunch of employed, unemployed folks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a huge huge problem throughout the entirety of the country right now. The poverty levels are, are rising at a time when you see that you know the, the economy is supposed to be the greatest it's ever been, uh, and and you still have the tremendous amount of poverty. Well, Alabama was in great shape before the pandemic, but it's been hit hard. Uh, but again, I, I want to go, we got one minute left. The audacity that Mike Hubbard, convicted felon, has now asked a circuit a court judge, Jacob Walker, who sentenced him to four years in prison, they now ask him to reduce his sentence because they dropped some of the charges. Uh, These are the charges that carried the sentence. Exactly. He said he's not a danger to anybody. He just stole $2 million. It's not like he had some weed on him. <laughs> well, that's true. He, he and, and there's lots of people that lost their jobs. 
that were financially and, and socially destroyed by my cupboard, mm -hmm. while that may not be criminal, <clears throat> he, 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 he... He got his just deserves. He really Let did. Go. I mean, look, he's a common criminal. He's worse than a common criminal because he stole from the people of Alabama. He betrayed the people of Alabama. And he should spend every day of that four years in jail. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.